Hello, and welcome back to Primal Pod and Cast, brought to you by the Arc of E Network. My name is Noah, and with me once again, uh, my fantastic co-host who has journeyed through this entire season with me, Mr. Mikey Chappelle. What hey is everyone. up, sir? Hello. Nothing, nothing much, just uh, trying to keep my emotions in check. I literally, like, as I was mentally preparing to come up here and, and record this episode, I, I was just like... I'm, I'm getting emotional just reliving the episode <laughs> so this will be a very interesting uh attempt at a podcast uh we are here to discuss uh season two episode 10 of primal is it echoes of eternity i don't even have it in front of my face and yeah. i actually watched this one the night of so i'm a little more removed from it than i usually am <laughs> echoes of eternity is that correct i believe so Okay, I'm confirming yeah. now. Is it three or sh- It sure is. Yes, Echoes of Eternity. I'm I'm quite shocked. IMDb, like, how is <laughs> how is this one of the lowest ranked of the season? What what's going on here? Might just I'm, be new. I it's possible. And I granted, I haven't read much fan reaction. I, I'm curious to see what people think. I have. Uh, have you looked at anything? post this episode have you read any jendy articles i just read his entertainment weekly interview that came out like three days ago okay so so we we know some things uh that were confirmed afterwards and given how this episode ends i i think they weren't that shocking i was pretty prepared (laughs) for that uh so we can approach talking about this entire episode and the the series as a whole up to this point as a uh, beginning, middle, and end because this is yeah. it for uh, <laughs> Spear and Fang as far as this journey has gone. Uh, there will there will be a season three of Primal. We know that, but we do not know what it will be. But we do know that it's not going to feature our two main protagonists. Their story is done, uh, and he did. At least, I don't know. I don't know if it was all pulled from one interview and I was getting pull quotes from different articles, but I read like three separate articles that seemed like they all talked to him. And he definitely at least said like, you know, if the fans really, really wanted it, I might pick up where this left off. Oh, that's all I'll say for now, even though again, everybody already watched the episode, but the stipulation is we have to riot though. Like What's all the that? fans have to actually riot. Yes. Oh, yes. And that's why I'm like, no, I kind of would be more excited by what you've talked about in the past, which is now it becomes anthology style and we just yeah. go to a different time period and we apply the same principles, but, uh, you know, completely different story, different characters. That's that's what I'm excited to see. So let's uh, let's talk about how things wrapped up tail end of last episode. I mean, the literally the cliffhanger was. The, the flame Viking, the undead Viking coming after them. And so I was prepared for like, oh, dude, are we about to have a 22 minute battle? Like, and that's, and that's that. But it didn't turn out that way. Uh, we actually, which turned out to be quite nice. We got to kind of spend one last episode actually hanging out with our characters yep. and relaxing with them, something that they don't get to do very often. Hold Did on it feel seconds. like you're getting what what are you looking for? Um hold on, hold on. Keep it keep it rolling. Say what you're gonna say. I, I gotta find something. I'm I'm listening. Understood. Did you feel like they were just 
rewarding us for our efforts as I stare at Noah's blank wall. It's actually not blank. There's some great posters. Uh, Lame is. That's always a good one. Kill Bill's really great. Doctor Strange. Where do you Where do you movies. see Lame is, bro? Is that not Lame? No, that isn't. What is that? That is uh, George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead. <laughs> oh, this one looks shockingly. So I'm going to find this Lame is poster. That no, I I know the Lame is poster you're talking about, <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely the angle. Yeah, no, that's yeah. the uh, the daughter who gets bit in the basement oh, okay. in Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. I am so wrong. Creepy. Yeah. But everybody I was like, shit, those. do I have a Les Mis poster? I don't even know <laughs> if I've ever seen. I, I definitely haven't seen the musical version. I've seen the uh, the Liam Neeson one from, from back in the day. Oh, okay. Man. I'm not cutting any of this. So sorry. Yeah. My, my girlfriend needs me to find headphones for her real quick. Give me two seconds. No worries. This is normally where we put in the plug for whatever we're sponsored by, but as a newbie, I don't know who we're sponsored by. So listen to Noah's music on Spotify or Apple Music. I believe it's on Apple Music. It might be a more than one streaming service. I couldn't be entirely sure. Let's ask him once he gets back, which should be anytime now. Watching his shadow. Ah, man. What a great moment for podcast history and he's back she was looking for headphones that were literally sitting right in front of me on gavin's mic stand from the last time he was over Um, you'd be surprised i I, do the same stuff i was looking right past them okay (laughs) where were we sorry Uh, again uh, apologies (laughs) apologies to our listeners because i didn't cut any of that so you heard all of that whatever yeah okay i'm actually not sure who our sponsors are but i just tried to do a plug for them real quick I appreciate that. I appreciate the effort. Um, we do that often. We do ads for companies that don't exist or people who aren't actually our sponsors. So that's oh, very sweet. in keeping with the right. the theme of the network. Okay. So yes. Um, I think I was saying <laughs> something about we got about to hang, we, out, the, we got to hang out with them. So yeah. we we pick up and they oh, excuse me, we open in flashback, which yeah. is where I was like. Oh shit! I know who's not making it to the end of this season. I as soon as as soon as we opened there, I was like, "This is his last episode." Yeah. I was just I I knew it was coming. Uh, young Spear though, uh, and his father, who is a little more on the ape side of things yeah. than the man side of things, um, who looks so badass and so cool, just. A, a great opening action set piece. I love that they opened with this because we got to have a nice, like very kind of chill middle yep. before things get very rough. But uh, yeah, dude, what did you, I mean, absolutely brutal scene, but seeing yeah. like how he learned from his father and like, yeah. uh, that was all very, very effective. It's What'd just you think? revalidating the character, you know, like it, you always knew that he was good at it. And then you see the root of that experience and you're like, Oh man, that's yeah. wild but also like how he's only like one generation removed from an ape mm-hmm. you know like he is the true like savage that he's been this entire time but learning at the same time so it was just really nice to see i mean it was a brilliant sequence but it just kind of lived up to every other episode we've seen at this point where i'm like well they had to do something yeah and they did that Great stuff. Uh, shortly after that, we get back to uh, Mira's homeland, 
and we get her brief little backstory of basically, you know, she she had a love prior and uh, he was unceremoniously killed in front of her before she was taken into slavery. Uh, but they make it back to her place. And initially, of course, it's like, oh, my God, was everybody wiped out by, you know, the evil queen that we were dealing with at some point? Like, you know, maybe that happened already. But no, there's like a, an intact civilization. And then we're kind of back into episode two territory of this season of like, OK, well, now seem even though we know in the background, it's like there is impending doom still after you guys. And of course, as soon as I see a whole it's a whole civilization, I'm like, oh my God, don't bring it here. Like, don't bring it to this peaceful civilization. Yeah. Like, oh, this is gonna be terrible. Um, so that had me on edge, of course, but also I'm sitting there going, like, okay, but yeah, for as far as they know right now the heat is off so to speak yeah. they've kind of made it through uh quite the gauntlet to get here and yeah i guess we again we never really knew this was our ultimate goal but obviously it's like yeah mira came from somewhere so yeah i guess that's where we're heading back to and now how is how spear and and fang and family now how how do they fit in with any kind of like regular society and i love that of course, they have the peacekeeper of Mira there to like ex- explain yeah. themselves essentially. Because if not, that could have gotten out of hand very quickly. But uh, yeah, uh, sorry, you were you're about to say something, and I cut you off a second ago. Oh no, it's really just it was nice watching it because you've seen them penetrate all these other civilizations and just wreak absolute havoc, mm-hmm. and then they get here and they have that bridge, and then everything is fine. They're not incapable of being civil they just had to find where they belong i thought it was a really nice it was probably one of my favorite sequences of the entire season mostly just because everything led up to it yeah. where it was it was still nice to just like ah you guys deserve this absolutely and we should mention in the midst of this they're just doing like the most adorable shit possible yeah. with the the t-rex cubs yeah. uh the one trying to like jump in the water and immediately sinking yeah. multiple times until like the brother or sister yeah. is like no here's how you yeah, here's how you do it swim. here's how you swim yeah. I, that was great yeah. <clears throat> and we've had the establishment of like whether he fully understands the implications of it or not he has started praying to the moon the same way that mira does so that's taken a step further where there's a whole like kind of ritual ceremony in the evening with these moon gods dancers and all sorts of stuff and i thought it was interesting that he kind of immediately is overwhelmed by oh yeah but i don't like i don't understand all the customs like i am i doing this right and like ultimately I think I feel more comfortable back over here with my family and yeah. he just gets up and leaves and goes and, and sits with, uh, you know, the family he's come to know. Yeah. Uh, and then you have Mira kind of trying to bridge the gap of bringing him in and the, the biggest laugh of the entire episode to me, which is, you know, they put him in the little hut. He doesn't really yeah. know how to sit in there. And then immediately yeah, Fang just tears yeah. through the wall. Uh, that was definitely <laughs> the biggest laugh. That was great. Yeah. Um, and again, she, she seems okay with it. And like they're, you know, it seems like they got a little family unit here. Yeah. And this was, I mean, outside of the actual like ending ending itself, 
this was kind of when I keep thinking back to it, this is the most emotional part for me, which is that Spear goes and finally, you know, they're in, they, they found safe Harbor. They're in a place yeah. where there's not, there's not this tension of like, Oh, is it okay? Both of us being here and everything. It's like this, this seemingly, this is going to work. It's the yeah. first time I've had a chance to breathe and it's like, what's he going to do? And the fact that what he chooses to do is sit down and, and tell his story essentially yeah. in the one way that he can, that he's kind of pieced together over time. And like, we've seen him do elements of it, but I think also that key uh, cave painting sequence about midway through this season ties together nicely for yeah. like, he seemed to carry that forward and he basically, you know, stays up all night and tells their entire adventure together uh, in, in pictograph. And I was just yeah. like, Oh, I was, I was yeah. so blown away by it. And the more and more I keep thinking about it, it's just like, you know, the things that will last from this and it's like, it's a dying era and all of this, but it's like, yeah. but that seemingly, you know, that's something that somebody could discover tomorrow in an ancient ruin or whatever. Yeah. And that continuity of like, you want to think of this as like a purely fantasy world. That's fine too. You want to think of it as a weird sideways version of our own universe. It doesn't matter, but that that continuity of just like yes his story's about to end but it will live on in yeah. this form and the the idea that like dude the idea that this show we've been watching could just be based on a really wild interpretation yeah. of the same cave painting that he exactly. ultimately draws is just just great yeah. stuff man i love that it. was the moment in the episode where i knew that he was this was his just last gone. One. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I didn't pick, to be, like, I didn't to pick be, it up as quick, but when I saw that, I was like, oh yeah, like he's, this is it. You know, like what, what does he have left to tell? He's made it. Yeah. Because we weren't aware as viewers, we weren't aware of his destination the entire seasons. And then yeah. just like, yeah, this is it. This is it. We made it. Yeah. And I, at to that point of not being sure, like, is he fully on the chopping block or not? It's like we open with that flashback, but then we also get the little bit of Mira backstory. And I yeah. was like, I, I was kind of like, I mean, that would be really tragic if like they get back to her people and then somehow she sacrifices in the midst of it. But that's where I firmly was like, no, it's yeah. gotta be spear that's going out here. Yeah. And they had, to, you know, I really wasn't worried about the pups at this point. Uh, yeah. I was like, I think the kids are okay. And I really, I, I didn't see a scenario where all of a sudden it would be fact. So I was, yeah. I was pretty firmly convinced by the time uh, that the, uh, the Viking shows up. Is there any, anything I'm, I'm missing kind of prior anything else that stood out to you? before? Uh, just that really sweet moment. Like I mean, the fan going back into the house that he's in is really mm -hmm. great. But like prior to that, when fang heard something and she picks up her kids and just puts them in front of spear oh like my god dude cave. that yeah. yes yeah that totally that, that totally was, got me too oh yeah. man i almost rewound it just to like see if i could experience that magic again <laughs> yeah was, oh yeah because That's like the, yeah the entire god. second season is just like riding on this tension of this like weird misstep they had in the first couple episodes mm -hmm. and the entire time Ever since then, I was always wondering if that was repaired. Right. And then this is when I find out the very last episode. 
Like, yeah, oh, we they still, they're still they're still buddies. They still trust each other. Yeah, it was yeah. just oh just yeah. all the feels, man. God, yeah. I love the show. Yeah. So then this big fucking seemingly unbeatable <laughs> force shows up and uh what ensues is i mean inarguably i think one of like the top three best action scenes. there are frames from yeah. this that i'm like i want i want like this entire wall behind oh, me to yeah. be a giant blown out wallpaper yeah. of when he basically has been blasted with flame and comes just roaring back at this yeah. thing so um but yeah i i mean there's that moment immediately where uh, Mira kind of looks back over and sees that the, the pups are there by themselves. And then you get this cut to the frame of like, Hey, guess what? They're yeah. doing what they always do. They're riding yeah. into battle together. Yeah. And the, again, there was that little bit of a moment of like, Oh shit is Fang in danger. But um, I'm, I'm so glad they didn't yeah. do anything to her that she got to, yeah. to make it out. But I mean, again, take any like still frame from this sequence and just fucking put it in a museum dude i i apps i was so blown away but yeah they get separated by the fire i mean it's it's literally throwing out like flame beams it's like what yeah. what what are we gonna do <laughs> seriously what are we gonna do and they get chased basically up to an outcropping they have nowhere else to go and uh i mean yeah that's the moment dude fucking uh spear self-sacrifices in the most like badass raged yeah. out heavy metal looking fucking pose you've ever seen him strike just pounces on this thing and just is just slamming it down the side of this mountain and it's this simultaneous thing where i'm like there's no way he comes out of this but no. what a fucking way to go out at the same <laughs> right. time it's like this is so fucking cool um they get down to the very bottom. He's like a burnt husk of himself. And then we see that moment of, I guess, you know, another kind of lingering thing. The giant, you know, the giant devil monster guy who, who reanimated the Viking and sent him on his revenge quest and everything. Seemingly is like, oh, well, you couldn't pull it off either. I'm going to yep. like suck you <laughs> back down to hell. And so that is kind of a lingering thing where I'm like, that could be an element that unites all the seasons as this yeah. overall villain or something like that. That could be interesting. But I also thought interesting that he never fully came back into play. Yeah. Uh, and then we get, uh, like I said, the the burnt husk of, of Spear who's still hanging in there. And we get something that I, I think even still seeing it in, you know, an adult swim show, something that airs after 10 o'clock or whatever. And as tame as it was, I was like, this is pretty bold that we're yeah. literally having a deathbed sex scene yeah. um, in this show. And I don't feel weird about it at yeah. the same time. I honestly am like, this is really beautiful, man. She yeah, it's yeah, go ahead. Sorry. It speaks to just how well they tell their stories, man. Like, because like you the way they framed it and everything like yeah it was kind of out of nowhere and i was like oh that's happening but my second thought was oh i'm glad that's happening right because he like, provides you every sort of context to see why she's doing what she's there's like it didn't feel gratuitous there's like you see legitimate motivations yes between this action and then you get to see the payoff which is like oh yeah so he's not gone 
like not 100 yes it's know. the ultimate like okay they weren't yeah. you know they didn't yeah. make it absolutely gut-wrenching they give us a yeah. triumphant note at the end but yeah. yeah, her her coming in and again, that's why I had uh, in in rewatching it, I had such a connection to when he lays out that story. But the idea that they've never been able to fully communicate with each other beyond yeah. like Mira. And again, Aaron LaPointe, who uh, the voice actor for Spear, I'm just like the range of emotion and everything he communicates just through his grunts and stuff. But yeah. the the inflections of how he says Mira throughout mm-hmm. the second season to put to put so much of where it's like i feel like there's paragraphs of dialogue in yeah. the one word that he's saying it's just yeah. incredible stuff but yeah him kind of like saying mira for one last time before that scene plays out yeah. her realizing he had a family yeah. we are his family now like that's mm-hmm. clearly what he's been searching for he's so protective of these the the eggs and now the pups and like yeah. all of this and for her to like put all of that together and we get that and then just that one final frame of dude yeah we got three full-grown <laughs> t-rexes now we got miro one of the coolest fucking most badass ladies ever and we have spear and mira's daughter yeah. um riding on the back of a fucking dinosaur <laughs> the same way her dad did yeah. triumphant image and just i was just like that's it you, you don't ever need, like, I don't ever yeah. need any more of it. I can't wait to see what they do with what, it, what the series becomes and what Jindy Tartakovsky does in general outside of this. As I know he's got other stuff in the works. We will definitely be talking about those in the future. Yep. But I just, I, I could not have been more satisfied. Dude. Yeah. And you, you can't, like, to bring them back in any sort of context would almost be disrespectful. It's like that, they yes. tied it up so well. This story is done. And I'm fine with it being done because it reached a natural point. You gave me everything I wanted. It almost felt like after all the emotional turmoil of two seasons, that this episode was just like a little treat. (laughs) It really was. And maybe you put up with me for this long, you know, I'm, I'm curious if that's a little bit of the fan reaction of like, Oh, it didn't like, it didn't stay true to like how hardcore and rough it is. And I'm like, I mean, Listen, yeah, I'm going through but... it right now and I needed something like this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm like the just it earned it to me. It yeah. didn't it didn't feel like a false like oh here's a happy tacked on ending. It just mm-hmm. it felt like this is where this story's going to end and that again we this whole season we've been talking about maybe he is the bridging of the gap between these two eras. And again, the fact that there's still dinosaurs at play yep. is awesome. Uh, but yeah, I feel like having that next generation go forward or whatever. And I'm like, dude, if like, I I'm trying to think of what the gap was between our OG Samurai Jack. And then when he came back to do the final season, but I'm like, if he wanted to take like five, you know, five to 10 years off and then come back and tell like a, you know, the adult offspring of spear and of spear and Mira, um, like the further adventures or whatever, I, you know, I would watch it. I'd be yeah. excited, but I don't need, I, I don't need more of that story right now. Yeah. I, I, I don't, yeah. I think they ended it beautifully and yeah, take yeah, some time. That's a good point. That's take a, some time. Yeah. I just, again, I, I think that's as brilliant as you push these characters hard enough and make us care about them this much that I don't mind the happy ending. You know, it's mm-hmm. like a, 
been with him through everything, felt just as frustrated, confused, and terrified. And then now it's just like done. And like they get to rest. Now I get to rest because I saw them get to yes. rest. Yes. Now I say all of that to say if you did give me, if you did tell me tomorrow that they were going to give Jenny Tartakovsky and company like a $60 million budget to do an hour and a half long primal movie that is that final shot that we saw. But what are they going to do? They're going to hunt down the big devil Satan thing (laughs) that essentially was the cause of Spears' death. And they have to go unite every like civilization we've met so far and take down a bunch of crazy ass fantasy creatures in the meantime. And it's just a giant like Lord of the Rings-esque adventure over the course of an hour and a half. And it's a movie. I would not be upset with that. But I also yeah. don't need it right now. I also yeah. don't need it right now. <laughs> like I'm not looking for it. But if I right. found it, I'd be I'd watch it. Absolutely. Um any I, any other thoughts as we're I mean, I I think I will look forward now to kind of binging through the entirety of the series, which seems yeah. like a totally doable thing in like, you yeah. know, an afternoon or a weekend if you really wanted to. And I I really think obviously there's there's this real jump in the breadth of the storytelling and the depth of the storytelling in the second season. But I think you know, I, I think there is a clear track laid across those 20 yeah. episodes. And again, the primal theory in retrospect now kind of feels like yeah did you guys like was it a budget saver or was it like i i, I don't know it does he feel a little about that in the entertainment oh movie. i might have missed that because i again i was like yeah. cherry picking the article so yeah, yeah what, i kind of skipped through it just while i was waiting for you to come on but um yeah he said it was literally just like a reset like there's mm-hmm. all these fan theories and stuff he's like no i just like we did so much with them that we had to kind of reset the momentum to get back into what's happened and again, Which, I think yeah. we, it, in the context of where it hits in the season, I think it worked for yeah. that. We, we, we needed a break, like emotionally speaking. And I definitely served that purpose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, he's, I think in like a roundabout way, what it was saying was basically just circling back around to like, okay, you guys just watched them do all the stuff. This is an explanation as to why they did that. Mm-hmm. So I know it's like heavy coming off that episode with these like, people that like characters you come see heroes here's an explanation slash a breather now let's get back into the story yeah which when framed in that light made a lot more sense to me yeah and i I mean i talked a little bit at the time i I guess my kind of qualm with it was i was like i feel like you and i were on that wavelength of already like coming to terms with the stuff it was asking and that was my thing is i felt like it was a little bit like you know, talking to the people in the very back of the crowd who maybe were still watching it as this pure, like, oh, the, the badass show where they just like show a bunch of brutal violence and like it's so cool and like it's so metal, bro. Like, yeah. and I'm like, I definitely, I definitely think there's still some people who were watching it that way, but I'm all, I, it also felt like, yeah, give us a little bit of credit, man. Like, yeah. I, I see the right. themes you're exploring. Like, you're, you're yeah. doing enough work sans dialogue you don't all of a sudden need to put it Mm -hmm. verbally in there but again like as a as a 
you know, place, not a placeholder. That sounds derogatory, but like, you know, as a breather, which it was, it was, it was effective. There's definitely other things they could have done as a breather. We could have gone off and told a weird side story, but then I think people would have it. Like if we would have done a weird side story in the universe where we didn't see them at all, I feel like yeah. people may have been even more like, yeah, what man. the hell is this? So, and, I mean, if you're going to do a breather to let the audience breathe, like just, I kind yeah. of, I appreciate that. Just taking it entirely out of context because now I'm not asking questions about characters and, that I know are in this universe that I just might not see again. Absolutely. And again, I'm like, if that episode dropped like two weeks from now and it was like the primal Halloween special, yeah. like it would not have felt weird to me. But it was just the fact of where it hit everything. But yeah, uh, I definitely want to go and like actually read that full sit down interview. Um, yeah. See if he it's, has any other. It's nuggets. pretty great. He's he's really good at just. Uh, all right, I know people want to like speculate and all this stuff. Nope, X, Y, and Z. He's a very no no yeah. nonsense kind of guy. That's part yeah. of what I like about I, his yeah, persona in general. Yeah, it's just <laughs> like I. It's fun to like speculate and have fan theories and all that stuff, but I love when just the creator confirms. Right. I mean, He's it, like, calm like, down. Seriously. Yeah, it's like a high compliment to have people be able to interpret your art in so many different ways. Absolutely. And like, I think he wants the eyes to have that, but also at the same time, I wrote the story with this intent. So I'm going to honor that intent. Yeah. Um, and again, this, this whole thing that ended up being about found family, which is like, one of i would say the most easy go-tos in genre storytelling to uh just immediately like start pulling on my heartstrings but anytime it's like oh these people didn't you know they didn't have anybody and then they found each other and like they're from (laughs) completely different walks of life like that shit is always effective but yeah to have a story that was kind of anchored by that in the very first episode of these two characters like bonded by tragedy a shared trauma who you know, are just fighting and hoping against all hope that maybe there's something else out there. Um, there is some kind of respite eventually. Yeah. Maybe they can get back to whatever they had, a bit of what they had before. And they go through hell to get there, but it they do get there. And it's maybe not in the perfect, like, bow satisfying, like they ride yeah. off into the sunset, everybody's okay, but it again ends i think realistically his his spears time had to had Mm -hmm. to end there has to be this transition to the next phase of man he's a he's a dying breed when the show starts and we only continue to reinforce that but uh again what a way to go man like what (laughs) just the coolest the coolest way that i could think of not do that you know, right like he's, he's just, gonna go out like that regardless of who it was. oh my god again, again dude hopefully you know people hit up our patreon but if things start going <laughs> well you're gonna see a, a giant <laughs> a giant uh wallpaper print behind me right now Instead. my friend's a graphic designer we could we could talk to some people dude that too i i also am i'm quickly debating i'm like do i i think i i think i get a spear and fang tattoo at some point yeah. i think i need a giant like yeah just badass uh metal album cover of just them a chess piece. Just, yeah a chess piece <laughs> yeah. with them with you know with him writing I, th- I think that's very modest and appropriate for how i yes. feel about this show exactly um, all two seasons of i didn't uh 
I didn't text you to see when you had watched or whatever. Obviously, when we put, we do our Instagram uh, reviews, just we throw up numbers and stuff just to yeah. keep people abreast of what we're watching until we get a chance to talk about it on the podcast. So I will ask you on a scale of one to ten, Primal Season Two, where are you at? Oh man, I'm a, like I I don't have any frame of reference for scales, so people. It, I mean, it is scales, but like, it is most certainly your own personal scale, and yeah, yeah. so it's, whatever whatever your gut says. Um, I'd say it's just like a hard eight point five, like eight point five. Yeah, now there are very with, few like nine and ten shows. For and me, see, a, a lot so. of people would say that I I maybe am a little hyperbolic, and I maybe I throw around my tens too easily. Um, for for context, um, from the get go, I have get I gave the first five episodes of Primal when it was part one. I gave that a ten out of ten. I reviewed part two a year later. Gave that a ten out of ten because I anytime I could point to something and I'm like that there's there's nothing like it on television. It's executing in a genre, but at the absolute like peak and height of it anytime i feel like i could sit there and be like this is one of the best animated shows on television and then drop the animated from that as a caveat this is one of the best shows on television through its storytelling that i think it has maintained and again it's weird because i feel like i already am like uh yeah i set the bar pretty fucking high with the 10 that's a standard to maintain and i'm like well by that by that scale by that metric Season two, this show's operating on like a 13 out of 10. So I don't, I don't even know where <laughs> exactly. I'm at now. You know what I'm right. saying? So, um, but yeah, I was just curious. Uh, I will yeah, be throwing yeah. that up in tandem with when the episode drops. But uh, yeah, it was between an 8.5 and a 9 for me. But given that, given, uh, given that argument and thinking about it, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd bump it up to a 9. Like there's like, I, I'm still trying to figure out what my standard for a 10 out of 10 show is. Uh, I have this. I I've have this really... conversation with a yeah. uh, friend of the pod, Brendan Riley, who our tastes vary quite a bit, as you've probably yeah. seen from some of the reviews on there. But he, for the longest time, he was like, "I just, I don't know what's what's a ten for me, man." Like, and I'm like, "Well, yeah, you kind of have to establish that in your brain as like, what's your, what are some other tens?" And there's, I mean to me every movie or tv show is also a case-by-case basis where it's like well am i judging it against everything else this director has done or everything else this actor has done am i judging it against other movies of this type from the last five years or of all time you know it's yeah it's all arbitrary it's my mood on a given day it's everything but uh i gotta say the high it left me out you know again with the primal theory, I'm tempted to be like, well, there was that one episode, but I'm also yeah. like, but everything else was so fucking strong that I'm like, yeah. I feel just as good, if not more hyped on it than I was with season one parts A and B. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, it's definitely in my, let's see where it, where it ranks. Actually. I always have my running list uh, uh. for the year. So if I if I'm putting it in the ten territory, which I most certainly am, right now it is my fifth favorite show of the year. But again, we've talked again. Nobody cares about this. I'm fully aware. Sorry, listeners. You can you can uh, thank you for sticking around. Uh, we loved having you. Now I'm going to get really really boring and technical about stuff that nobody cares about. Okay, so here's a perfect example: The Bear, season yes. one. 
That's mm-hmm. my that's my favorite show of the year. I have it yeah. on my number one slot. Mm-hmm. Objectively, I would give the bear a nine, a okay. nine out of ten. Yeah. Partly because I think there's a world where a season two of this show blows my mind even further. I think it yeah. could reach that 10 out of 10 status. Okay. And part of my nine out of 10 in that case is stuff you and I talked about where I'm like, well, there's so much unmined territory. There's so much stuff that they didn't do. I'm excited to see where they go. And like, there's also the kind of like, I feel like the show, because it came out all at once, you kind of don't feel it, but it's like those first few episodes it is kind of finding its legs a little bit. Like yeah. in retrospect, the episode where they go and do like the, the hot dog cookout for Oliver Platt. Yeah. Like it does kind of feel like this weird clandestine one-off that like, Oh, the yeah. show never really became that where it's like, Oh, let's mm-hmm. get characters like paired off and like yeah. going off on adventures. It was like, maybe it is the restaurant. I think the restaurant yeah. is the, the ecosystem we need to stay within. Yeah. Um, so like little things like that, I'm like, yeah, I, I see like little rooms for improvement, but Again, the thing I had the most emotional reaction to that I thought was like boring into my soul at certain times, it was the bear. So that's my yeah. that's my favorite. That's my number one. Okay. But other things that are up there right now are like we own the city, which I don't know if you yeah. started it yet. Not yet. But to me, just 10 out of 10 unimpeachable. One of the best fucking things that's been on television in years. It was incredible. Better call Saul final season. That's my number three. That's up there as well. And then Barry season three, also ahead of Primal. Those are all like tens to me. Personally, I thought like just, yeah, that for context of how I, I approach things. But again, it's your in, it's your own individual scale. Okay. Yeah. Th- I mean, that makes sense when, yeah. Yeah. When you frame it out like that, it's like for me, a 10 out of 10 show would be I can drop anybody in the middle of any episode and they'll dig it. You right. Know, like, even if you don't necessarily know the story or stuff. And I feel like primal is a bit of an acquired taste. Oh, you know? 100%. So, there's there's definitely... So in the context of watching it from start to finish, both like season one, season two, yeah, it's a nine out of ten. But mm-hmm. that extra point is missing where I have to like ramp up an explanation right, to right, get right, somebody right. to watch it, you know? 100%. And yeah, I mean, yeah, it's something that we, we definitely have embraced and we've talked about a lot throughout the course of this pod this season, but... Yeah, if you're not, if you're somebody who is turned off by violence, like in general, regardless yeah. of whether it's live action or animated, it's like this show is not for you. Like it's not yeah. going to be digestible. You're not going to come around to it yeah. if you have a fundamental problem with that. And as a person who is pretty numb, <laughs> um, unfortunately, <laughs> to on screen violence, both animated and live action. There are parts of this show where I am audibly just like, God damn, like that, that's rough. Like, or, oh, that was brutal. But it, again, it never feels gratuitous. It never feels unearned. It is the world of this show. And it has, it never felt like it all of a sudden was like, oh, we're getting like extra graphic for the sake of it. It was like, no, this is the firmly established tone of this world. And they've never strayed from it. It never, yeah. It never it was, became something it wasn't or seemed like it was, it was, it never felt like it was trying to ramp up that angle either to like bring in more people where it's like, Oh dude, you see last week, like it was, this is the most bloody thing I've ever seen. Like you have to see this shit. It never felt like it was yeah. going for those kind of, you know, those tropes or the, those tricks, if you will. No, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, there was one, I 
there's one film critic, I forget who said it, but it's like a a good director will teach you how to watch their movie. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing, like over the course of both seasons where he's teaching us, this is what's going to happen. There's like, there's always going to be a means to an end. So enjoy the artistry of it, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, so like when now, like when I see a battle sequence or something like this in the Prattling universe, I'm not expecting anything gratuitous. I know it will end and it will end in a way that moves the story forward in some way, shape or form. Right. Yeah. And, and in that instance, anything they do is not gratuitous. And it's a really smart way of writing because you've now, since you've stuck yourself within these kind of small rules, you can now do whatever you want within the confines of those rules. And when they do it, it's incredible, right? Like that's when we get some of our best fight sequences and basically the best animation of the show, just the way they handle action in an animation is great. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, just knowing that, all right, yeah, that might be wild and crazy or whatever, but it is serving the story in some way. Absolutely. It's the, it's the key element that I feel like so many people forget. But again, when it is done well and correctly, and it's not an easy thing to pull off, I would no, say no. it's something akin to like, you know, doing black comedy these days. So yeah. uh, something that's very, very difficult as well, or satire, which is also very difficult. But when you watch something like Fury Road, for instance, a movie that we all talked about, we all loved, was a huge hit. And I feel like nobody learned the right lessons from, which is like the yeah. beauty of that movie is it's telling its it's telling its story through action yeah. the entire time. The movie never slows down to have exposition. All of the exposition yep. is integrated into the primary narrative you're yeah. watching. We never need to cut away for a flashback or anything like that. Nope. And that's what I think so many you watch a movie, for instance, like the gray man from earlier this year on Netflix. And it's like, that feels like a movie where it's like, okay, we have 10 set pieces, yep. 10 action set pieces that we want to film in 10 different locations. Now let's try and wrap a narrative yep. somewhere around these things. And you're like, that's not the way you should be approaching yeah. any of this. The point of this you is should be approaching story and you don't have the story. narrative. Yeah, those action sequences are roadblocks that yeah. tell you something about the person as they move on to the next objective. Not, not this shit. Yeah. I'm doing a bunch of visual metaphors for people who cannot <laughs> see this. Okay, but yeah, that's that again. That that's the again taking the wrong lessons from it. To, but I'm just, I'm just yeah. like it's so, when it's done right and you can tell mm-hmm. character and narrative while you're doing action it nothing like nothing compares to that dude it just it feels so good and satisfying like oh god this show was incredible yeah i absolutely loved every second of it uh i can't wait to go back honestly i am gonna take an emotional break and there's a lot of other shit i gotta catch up on (laughs) we can talk about some of that but uh palate cleansers yeah so okay I did. I had quite the night of television the night I watched this. So on Friday, uh, I worked a half day. I came home and I was like, it had just, it had been a week. And I was like, you know what? But it's all worth it because on Friday, you get to come home and whatever order you want to approach it in, man, yep. you have a new rings of power, mm-hmm. you have 
two episodes of Atlanta, first two back for season four, final season, and you got the primal finale. And what I ended up doing, I did the first two Atlanta, loved them both. The first one had me bawling my eyes out. I was so moved by it. I go into Rings of Power. I was like, not as hot on it as I was on three, but it feels like a table setting episode. I think five will be amazing. I enjoyed it. And then I'm like, do I push my luck? I was like, (laughs) do I, do I watch Primal? I was like, what, what if the Primal finale lets me down, man? What, what if? And then I was like, you know what? You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And I just, I was, I was crying by the end of it, but I was so, I was just like, they did it, man. They pulled it off. They gave me a satisfied, I got to say goodbye to my friends and it, it was, it, it was beautiful, man. It, I could not have been more happy. So yeah, that was my that was my Friday night of entertainment. I'm still kind of recovering from it, to be honest. And then Saturday night, I uh, I chose to watch a movie that I uh, I probably shouldn't have. Did you happen to see our review of Speak uh, Speak No Evil? I I didn't watch the full one, but I did see okay. how everybody Basic, said do not watch this. Movie. Yes, basically. Uh, I had heard about it coming out of Sundance that it was like, this one's going to cause a bit of a stir. Just heads oh, up. Okay. So I already had that in the back of my head, but then Mayfield texts me about it. He's like, well, that was one of the most infuriating watches of all time. And I'm like, wait, you can watch it now. And I was, I did not realize that shutter picked it up and it's available on shutters app right now, which I have through AMC plus. Cause I just got done watching better call song. So, and it's about to be horror season. So I'm keeping my shutter subscription plug for shutter who does not sponsor this show, but is an excellent service for horror movies and documentaries and all sorts of great stuff for spooky season. So I go on and I watch speak no evil, which I, you can go read the plot description somewhere. If you want to, basically it's a Danish, uh, horror horror adjacent film and it's a horror movie your horror movie not made in america you're like immediately okay. get nervous like, <laughs> yeah, my right. guard's up. <laughs> yep, here we go <laughs> yeah uh so a danish couple uh on vacation with a small kid uh meets another couple who also has a young kid as well uh they are dutch uh from holland and I, I didn't realize how land masses work, but it's like they live eight hours away from each other yeah. in their normal lives. So they come back from vacation and basically the Dutch couple invites the Danish couple um, to come visit for the weekend. It's like, okay, cool. And like the husband's totally down for it. Like, oh, they seem really nice, blah, blah. And the wife is like, well, yeah, but we kind of barely know them. Like, you want to go hang out for three days? Like, I don't know. So they take the kid, they get there. And basically like the nice people they met on vacation are like still seemingly there, but like some cracks are starting to show where you're like, something up with these people, like the fuck's going on here. And it just basically gets more and more uncomfortable from there. It's extremely well-made, very, very well acted. And also one of the most, like the last like 15 to 20 minutes of it will have you like, threatening the life of the director and the writer where you're like you motherfuckers like (laughs) seriously and then you kind of have to let yourself breathe and think about it for a little bit afterwards because it's done with a point and a purpose but god damn it is very upsetting and hard to watch 
and is one of those things that I cannot in good conscience recommend to anyone that has children in particular. That's why Mayfield and I have been telling everybody, don't watch it. It is very, very good. And if you have a stomach for like the darkest of the dark, um, then by all means, but you're, it's basically a dare to watch. This is what I'm saying. Like it, it, it's a, it'll fuck, it'll fuck up your day. I'm still thinking, I woke up the next morning after watching it. I'm just like, God damn it. Well, now I'm going to have to think about this for the rest of the fucking day. It's one of those. Um, I've never not, I can't unsee this now. Yes. It's, uh, incredibly well-made very effective movie maybe save it for october but we're talking i'm not yeah. like not an ounce of fun in it i will tell you that it's not <laughs> even like a slyly subversive yeah. it's just uh it's excruciatingly uncomfortable and then it ends and you are again just f- furious with uh what you've just seen so uh at your own peril uh speak no evil is available on shutter I uh, just got the Google page up for it right now. 6.7 on IMDb, which is generally an indicator of a great horror movie. Any, any, I, like horror, I gen, yes, IMDb, yeah. anything six or above, I'm like, is usually yeah. good territory yeah. for a horror, horror movie because horror, horror is so divisive in, in general. And you can't look at critics' reviews for horror movies. Yeah, especially us who are in like high art cinema tends to actually be like rated lower on IMDb and Amazon. Yes. than other movies just because it's like the people that are giving those reviews are just basing it on gut and emotional reaction mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean that it's not a great movie i'm actually trying to build an app about this but we can talk about it offline because i have to do a final project for my analytics program so i've been working on it for a little bit but i've noticed there's been this huge discrepancy like between user submitted reviews versus how good i think the movie is so like I think like uh, the lighthouse, yes. that was absolutely brilliant. It's got like three stars on Amazon Prime. Yeah, because people I, are people suck. Yeah, yeah, but I know where those three stars come from, and I find that there's right. like a connection between like A twenty four Robert Pattinson and like a movie I thought was good and a three star Amazon review. So yeah. I'm basically trying to figure out how to connect. High, high life is probably sitting a little more around like a two point five. Oh yeah, that was a li- that was a little tougher has, to get awful reviews i thought it was pretty great i'm not gonna watch it again oh yeah no that was a one and done but like i'm glad i checked it out that was fucking that was a ride yeah but it's almost like this rating system i'm not looking i'm looking for specific numbers more than i'm looking for like a good rating right that makes sense because i know this upset enough people that i'm interested if that makes yeah i mean and again that's like that to me almost is a barrier to entry it's like yeah. if well if everybody was just kind of like oh yeah it was good i'm a little less inclined to be excited about it. if it's a horror movie you know what i'm saying like I, I want there to be a little like i don't know like this pissed me off or like this yeah. was fucked up yeah. yeah so uh anyways we could wrap up our primal discussion uh thank you everybody uh for joining us this season mikey will be back in some capacity very very soon definitely in october when we start getting spooky around okay. uh, these parts so uh, we'll talk more about that off mic, but dude, thank you so much for doing this with me for the last couple of weeks. And thank you to our little uh, primal pot and cast family that we've grown over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I hope you guys will stick around for other stuff on the feed, but yeah, we, we picked up a, a decent amount of new listenership just from 
from this little show. Well, I good. will also shout out because we've only mentioned it once or twice, but I feel like there's probably a little bit of crossover. If you're an Avatar The Last Airbender fan or The Legend of Korra uh, on the network uh, over on its own feed, there's a show called Bending Not Breaking. Uh, hosted by Mr. Ben Pruitt and Mr. Sunshine Mayfield. Uh, and they just wrapped season six of Bending Not Breaking. They have one more season of Legend of Korra to cover, and they will have done the whole franchise, essentially, including the Dragon Prince, which they did in their off time. So if you like any of those shows from the Avatar creators, uh, go check out that show. Uh I will also plug my new album, which has been out for a couple of weeks now. Uh, it's called Flowerhead. I go by NARC, lowercase n, all caps, A-R-K. You can find me on all the major music streaming services. Uh, but that's the latest record. And uh, stay tuned if you follow me on any of those services, because we've got some spooky stuff coming just in time for October. Some John Carpenter-inspired synthy jams and... Uh, one also inspired by Cronenberg movies, but doesn't sound like Cronenberg stuff. You'll you'll see, or you'll hear rather. Uh, that is all my plugs. Anything you want to plug before we get out of here, sir? None of this time is my one week without school until December. So yeah. I'm going to catch up on this list that I keep referencing. That uh, Yes, a plug for Mikey's ever-growing list that he yes. will finally be getting to. And that'll give us plenty of ammunition and stuff to talk about next month. So, oh, uh, yes. So this, uh, for now, uh, we, we will resurrect it whenever season three <laughs> yeah. uh, comes back up. But for now, uh, this, is, this is the season finale of Primal Pod and Cast. Thank you guys so much for listening. I have been Noah. I've been Mikey. And we've been dragged. I, I was going to try and do like a great wrap up where it ties everything together, but that's what I don't you know don't if I, spoon feed the audience. They know yeah, what they got. Exactly. Uh, yes. Stay primal, stay pod, stay cast. Something nice. like that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Nailed it, right? Nailed it. Okay. Uh, yes. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll talk to you. We'll both talk to you soon. Bye bye.